0: And hello, welcome in a Friday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us and uh, glad to be back in studio today to close out our final radio show of 2023. And it's really hard for me to believe how long we have been doing this daily program. I think it's eight or nine years now. Uh, It started uh, many years ago for a couple months as Inside Kentuckiana Sports and we click quickly made the transition to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison and kind of changed the focus up to be obviously Southern Indiana sports with a lot of IU basketball and some IU football as well. But just something different here in our Louisville market with so much Louisville and Kentucky. And it's been great to be with you uh, for so many days over the last eight, nine years. And we look forward to continuing this program into 2023. And so I wanted to start off today with a thank you for listeners. It's great to hear from you guys. Appreciate the podcast listens. Uh, even last night uh, at the New Albany Centerville-Ohio game with Gabe Cups, great to, great to run into a few IU diehards, a couple local and a couple that stream it or listen on podcast uh, that enjoy our discussion on IU basketball and more. So happy new year to everybody. And I hope that uh, you've had a great holiday season and I hope that you have a very safe weekend coming up as well and a good start to 2023 this weekend and early next week as well. Some great college football bowl games this weekend. I know everybody's excited about that. Obviously, not a ton of Big Ten flavor outside of Ohio State and, of course, Indiana football. We know the story there. So uh, that's where we're, we're at, and it's really been a quiet period for IU basketball. It's kind of been a good time to get out and see Gabe Cups last night and kind of pay attention to some of the other holiday tournaments across the state and really the country that have IU targets. I know the IU coaches have been out on the road getting a little in-person recruiting done, and uh, then Indiana back at it here after the first of the year as they will take on Iowa in their first game to restart the full portion of the Big Ten schedule. All right, let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany, segment one. Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He's going to join us here in just a bit. I should say segment two, excuse me. Uh, Dylan Wallace will be with us. That's after we do the headlines and the news of the day and all that sort of stuff here in the first segment. we got a lot of stuff to cover. I saw Gabe Cups last night. As I mentioned, we'll tell you about that. Uh, Mike Woodson was in the doghouse last night. We'll cover that as well. Then Dylan in segment two. Kyle Neddenripp normally with us in segment three. He's busy covering the Hall of Fame Classic tournament up in Newcastle today, a lot of holiday hoops going on across the state these last few days. And uh, so we'll mention that as well. But Kyle will not be with us today. Instead, in that final segment, we'll just kind of go around to some of the big tournaments and give you an update on where everything stands. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Tam in New Albany. Also, don't forget that uh, the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502 414 1450. Again, 502 414 1450. You can send a text, a comment, a question, uh, whatever you want to send. It can be about IU basketball. Maybe you saw Gabe Cups last night and you want to share your opinion on him. Uh, It could be anything local, whatever it is. 502 414 1450 is the number. Again, uh, 502 414 1450. And right now at Thornton's, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, and any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register for the Refreshing Rewards program to earn your free breakfast on Thornton. All right, let's get into some headlines. For this last day, this last workday, I guess I should say, last radio show day of 2022, Uh, A number of things to get to. First off, last night, Gabe Cups at the Doghouse with his Centerville, Ohio team. They are a solid, solid team. I have to imagine that once again in their class at Ohio basketball, they'll be able to compete for a state championship. But they very much outmatched New Albany. The final score, 63-35. And really, after the first eight minutes, the first quarter of play, it really was not a good game for fans. There was a nice crowd there, a good New Albany base. I saw a lot of IU gear there last night. Uh, so it was fun from that perspective. But after the first eight minutes or so, it was very clear this Centerville team was going to run away with the uh, ball game. It just was a matter of uh, how bad, what the margin would be like uh, for the final score. But Gabe Cup's 12 points. <clears throat> he's athletic. Um, he's good. He's um, I'll be curious to see how he translates to the Big Ten. That's just the the best way I can say it. Um, I don't a solid performance last night. I've kept up with him. We've had him on the show. We've had his father on the show. Uh, definitely kind of an intriguing true point guard type prospect. I know that people across the country that see all the best players in the country. They've raved about his ability, and they've said this is a great get for Indiana. But uh, I just am curious how his body and he, and obviously there will be gains and improvements there. But I will just be really curious to see how he translates to Big Ten basketball. So twelve points for Cups last night. Centerville an easy winner over New Albany. Coach Woodson and assistant coach Brian Walsh in attendance last night. Of course, on the Centerville team, and I don't have the roster with me, but the other really good player in addition to Cups, and they've got a number of good players and some guys that really play their role as well. Uh, One guy, Indiana, has offered a lot of Big Ten schools have offered, so obviously the chance to do two things last night, see Cups play in-state, but also keep an eye on the other big prospect on the Centerville team as well. Uh, But Coach Woodson there, lots of pictures. Uh, He just seems to do a great job with kids. And whoever, I watched him from the catwalk last night, whoever approached him, I think most people did a pretty good job letting him watch and focus on the game. But at halftime and other down periods in between the JV and varsity games, uh, just seemed to be really good with the kids and the fans and taking pictures and signing a lot of autographs and things of that nature, uh, but playing that role of Indiana coach in our state very well. And I'll be quite honest, uh, Archie Miller did not play that role very well. And so while the jury, I think, definitely is still out on Mike Woodson as a head college basketball coach and what his tenure ultimately could look like at Indiana, Uh, he does play the role of, uh, I think, of being that coach, the in-state coach, very well. And so it was good to see that up close and personal. I really had not been around him in a setting very much at all where he had been recruiting or or out at a local high school. We were so spoiled there for years because between Romeo and Trey Kaufman-Wren and some other great players in the area, it was nothing to show up at a high school game and look to your left or right on press row and have two or three high major Division one coaches sitting there. So you got to, you get to see how these guys interact and occasionally get to talk with them or, or whatever the case may be. But I do think Coach Woodson definitely plays the role of, of Indiana coach with the fans and even the kids uh, really well last night. There were a lot of people very excited to see him at New Albany for that ball game uh, last night for sure. Also, a couple other headlines to mention today. Uh, I I did see, just kind of going through some surprises yesterday, uh, the Indiana women, they lost their first game of the season at Michigan State, and that just kind of is an example of what the men's team is getting ready to enter Big 10 basketball is really good, and the women's side is really beginning to mimic that and, and has been good for years, but I think is even stronger now. Mackenzie Holmes had a new career high of 32 points, but number 4 Indiana fell to unranked Michigan State, 83-78 was the final score there. So there's a lot of thought this Indiana women's team could win the Big 10 championship, but that is not the start for at least this full Big 10 schedule coming up uh, that they wanted, I'm sure, obviously a loss like that to an unranked team is is not what you expected. Also, another surprise last night in Big Ten men's basketball, Michigan, who's really struggling this season, and I thought would be better than what they are, and I thought maybe with Indiana would be kind of in that upper echelon, top two, three, four teams in the Big Ten. They were defeated last night by Central Michigan, 63-61, Michigan uh, with a really really a bad loss yesterday there is just amazing that is a, a really bad loss for that team and a couple other things to to mention here in our our opening segment Romeo Langford with maybe his best NBA game of his career, he had 23 points. That's definitely a career high for him. He got a lot of minutes last night, uh, played uh, a, a ton of, of, of uh, minutes for the Spurs last night. I don't have the box score in front of me. Had it pulled up a little earlier, but I think we got to give a, a mention to Romeo for what he did last night. Uh, I think he, at San Antonio, even though they're really hard to watch and they're not very good, I think he's finding his role there and getting some time. And I would be surprised at this point. I know his NBA career has been far from perfect. He's had a lot of injuries. He's had some other unexpected things come up. And maybe at times just hadn't gotten the opportunities you you think maybe that he should have. But I think that this Spurs opportunity may help keep him in the league for a few more years. Definitely a good performance last night. And it seems like over the last month, a month and a half, things have really changed for Romeo's situation down in in San Antonio. Uh, Also, I can't talk about Romeo without bringing up his high school running mate, Sean East. I was busy broadcasting the Silver Creek Holiday Tournament Championship game on Wednesday night while Missouri was busy uh, knocking off Kentucky to open up their SEC season. But Sean East with 12 points, I think all of them came in the first half, uh, looked really good. He didn't get as much time in the second half. I don't think he got near as much time in the second half, but he looked really good in the first half for Missouri, and uh, he shows flashes of being able to be a big-time guard in the SEC, and sometimes his playing time isn't always balanced. Seems to be in a role where he comes off of the bench mainly, but definitely Sean East with a, a big night against Kentucky I know there were a lot of New Albany folks and Indiana fans glad to see uh, Sean with uh, some success there against the Wildcats and I I got a great text yesterday from a longtime listener of this program Sean we didn't have a show the last couple days but he, he did text me he said I you had five chances to get Sean East with Romeo out of high school, which would have been, he says, the most logical choice. Number two would have been after his one year of prep school at Combine Academy. The third opportunity for Indiana maybe to to see Sean East or get Sean East was when he entered the transfer portal after leaving UMass. The fourth after he left Bradley, same thing. He entered the transfer portal, portal there. And then the fifth time is after he took advantage of that extra COVID year, went to junior college. He was, I think, player of the year, right? in junior college basketball and uh, played with Kobe Barnes of Floyd Central. So five times that Indiana could have jumped in on Sean East. I do think Indiana contacted him. I think I remember Sean saying uh, in that maybe that final time coming out of junior college, but there really didn't seem to be any serious interest there. But it does make you wonder, a kid that played some high school ball in-state that's from Louisville, uh, that had good stops really everywhere he was at, just kind of looking for the right fit, um, You know, he I think he could have fit in with this team when you, when you see some of the voids and some of the problems and some of the, the shooting issues that still exist there. So I thought that was a really good text uh, from our listener, Sean. And uh, a couple other quick notes, uh, Iowa. Indiana's next opponent, uh, I believe McCaffrey, the coach's son, and Chris Murray are both back now and came back last night against Nebraska. So Indiana should see a full strength Iowa team uh, coming up here in early January. And Big Ten president or commissioner, I should say, Kevin Warren. Uh, he is a candidate to become the next president of the Chicago Bears. I've not seen any kind of confirmation that he's going to get that position or is still in the running for that position. But as of yesterday afternoon, Pat Forty uh, had that one that Kevin Warren, who I think has done a great job with the Big Ten and is a guy that you really want to see stay in there with all the TV rights deals going and the conference shakeup and movement for to, from uh, Big Ten and SEC and ACC and other high major conferences, Power Five conferences, to a super conference setup where the Big Ten obviously is going to be the one or one of the two big super conferences, it looks like. i uh, like to see him stick around, to be quite honest. We'll see what happens there. That's a look at our headlines for this Friday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Dylan Wallace. He's sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. And uh, we'll have a lot of talk about IU basketball and Romeo Langford. And some of these other headlines that I've mentioned today. Stay with us. This is The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. What's one missing for? All the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. Back with you here on this Friday edition of the program. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is going to join me here. In just a moment. Had a text on the Thornton's text line. Texter says, no insult to New Albany whatsoever, but the Centerville JV team would have beaten New Albany also. I would imagine that they beat their own varsity team periodically as well. Very well coached and excellent uniformity with the JV and varsity in that Centerville program. I agree. I got there about halftime of the JV game last night. Uh, first off, was glad to see people rolling in the doors. That was a good sign when I arrived that uh, told you there was going to be a pretty good crowd last night for that holiday-time type time game. But uh, yes, yeah, Centerville is, is well coached. The varsity and the JV, and I, I, I should be no surprise, we've had Coach cups. Gabe's father on this program a few times in recent years <clears throat> excuse me really since Gabe's commitment to uh, Indiana and clearly he he's a very organized and uh, I, I've said this before he would fit in very well as a high school basketball coach in Indiana he definitely has a program that he's built and I think it'll be curious I've never asked him this but how long he stays at Centerville uh, with Gabe cups headed to IU does he leave that does he continue that but he definitely has built something That seems to be really good, really solid in Ohio high school basketball, that's for sure. So thank you there for the text. Dylan, uh, welcome into the program. Gabe Cups. I mentioned his performance last night, 12 points. He's athletic. He's quick. Boy, he can shoot it. But can he play out of the gate at the Big Ten level with his body and size?
1: I think that's just the biggest question. Um, You know, we've seen guys. Um, you know, I think just the most recent memory was a Christian Lander-type, pretty good recruit coming in, was just very thin. Didn't really feel like he had the, the kind of body, maybe strength, uh, to kind of fit in right away. And he reclassified really up, so that played a part into it. And, you know, with Game Cups, uh, you know, he, I think he can shoot the heck out of the ball, which is great to see. He's got really good floor vision. He's kind of like a, a point guard-type player, true, true floor vision, which is nice. But um, I think that's going to be the biggest thing with him is what can he do when he gets to campus in Indiana. You know, Cliff Marshall, we know, does a lot of great work. He really helps transform these guys' bodies in Indiana. So, you know, can one summer kind of get him up to speed, ready to go, um, or does he need maybe a little bit more time? That's going to be the biggest thing, because I think uh, the talent and what he can do on the floor is is really close to being ready to contribute uh, right away. And um, that's going to be a lot of fun to kind of see his development and see if he can get on the floor. And, you know, it probably also depends on, you know, what Indiana's guard rotation looks like a a year from now. Um, I think you'd imagine... Probably still going to have Tamar Bates there, and you still have a Trey Galloway, so you've got two guys there. Um, you know, Jalen Shofino will be the kind of the big question mark whether he stays or goes. Um, but aside from that, you know, Cups really has a chance to come in and play right away. And um, You know, I don't think he's... I mean, you you look at the guys at Purdue right now, you know, Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith, um, you know, they're kind of those smaller kind of guards as well, and they're obviously having no issue coming in right away as freshmen and contributing. So that that standpoint makes you feel confident that Gabe Cook could probably come in and play because he's just a really good scorer. You can shoot the ball um, kind of like those guys can up in West Lafayette. So, um, you know, if you look at them, you kind of mirror that. Maybe that, that's a, a reason to believe that he can come in and play right away. Um, and, you know, you're hoping with Woodson and, and the way he's been recruiting some of these guys, um, you're hoping that a lot of these freshmen can come in and start playing a little bit more minutes. Um, we're starting to see a little bit more run from C.J. Gunn lately. Obviously, injuries plays a role into that. But um, if these talented freshmen come in and contribute early, um, it, it's only going to help recruiting because guys just want to come in and play. You know, we're we're in a weird stage where the development kind of thing, it's, it's hard to sell players on that nowadays just because they have the ability to you know, transfer relief. They're not happy if they're playing a lot. They have the ability to do all these kind of things. So, um, they, you know, that's going to be a lot, a lot of fun to kind of wait and see on. But I, I think he does have a chance to play right away, and I'm definitely excited for him to get in the building. I think he's a really good player. Um, it was cool to see. You know, a lot of a lot of people were in attendance last night, like you said. Um, and uh, you know, he had a lot to do with it. An Indiana recruit, Indiana commit. You know, people want to go see him in action, especially when he you know crosses the border, comes into the state. So that was a lot of fun. Fans are obviously excited for him, and. You know, Jekai Newton's another one. Um, they're excited for these guys to come in and see what they can do. So, uh, I think he has a chance to play, and I think, you know, you, you, you can just point to what the Purdue guards are doing right now and say, hey, you know, Gabe Cups can certainly do that, right? He comes in right away, so... We'll see, but I think Cliff Marshall does a really good job, and he'll get them ready to go as well.
0: All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. We're going to get to IU, but I want to stay with high school stuff for just a moment. And and I guess, Dylan, I know you're, a, you're in Seymour, so your focus is Seymour and Jackson County, Jennings County, Brownstown obviously really good there in Jackson County with mm-hmm. Jack Benner this year. But I, I think in our area, as we drop further south than you, and I think about Clark and Floyd County specifically, obviously, was having this conversation last night with a few people at the New Albany game and then it came up this morning in a text thread that I'm on High school basketball in our immediate area, where we're used to Romeo Langford and Sean East at New Albany, Kobe Barnes and other really great players at Floyd Central, Trey Kaufman, Cooper Jacoby at Silver Creek. And I'm really just beginning to touch the list of guys that have been big college prospects. and I mean, D1, D2, D3, low-level NAI, JUCO prospects that have went on to have really good high school careers. This area, our area in southern Indiana, far southern Indiana, it's really down this year
1: yeah you don't you don't hear a lot of the kind of the bigger names that you know that you, you the ones you just read a lot that we're used to kind of seeing um on those teams um you know there's not a whole lot uh right now, and um you know maybe there's some young guns coming up that are gonna really kinda of take the the area by storm here but yeah in terms of kind of guys that you're looking at um that you know we are just so used to seeing going to play at a purdue like a trey Kaufman, or you know Romeo going to Indiana. Um, even some other guys who still go D one, uh, maybe not to the bigger name schools, but go to different spots like you know some mid majors, uh, you know, and kind of the the max and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's a little different um, than maybe what we're used to, but um, I do think you know it, it, there is still some good basketball being played. It's just you're, we're just not used to as big of names as maybe we've, we've had in the past. So yeah, that part's certainly interesting, um, and, and you know I, I'm excited to kind of see. You know what the season could play out to be. You know, can guys start to make names for themselves? Can guys kind of jump onto the scene and become uh, big names here? So, um, yeah, that's a certain part of it. I haven't seen a whole lot of those schools play yet. Um, You know, I saw New Albany play Seymour a couple nights ago. Um, Jeff, I saw Jeff play Seymour, so I've seen those two schools. Haven't seen Floyd Central yet. Um, I know they were really good last season. Haven't seen them yet this year. Um, So yeah, I'm excited. You know, Providence. Um, you know, they saw them play Brownstown Central in the, the first game of the season. So those two teams are really good. So, um, you know, I think, I think there's still a lot of good basketball left to be played here. But, yeah, it is, it is kind of interesting when you think about it that way, when you're used to, you know, especially the last couple of years, having um, some of those really big names like a Romeo – um, like a Trey Kaufman, um, you know, I even, even I, you know, even Will Lovings watch for a little bit there. Jeff had had a little bit of a had some momentum going for him in terms of kind of schools that were recruiting him. So, um, yeah, we don't have a whole lot of you know, ta- you know, maybe D one guys, uh, D one schools kind of going down there. I think that's why it's such a big deal. Okay, Cups was in town uh, the other day is because you know Woodson was in the crowd and it kind of felt like you know, hey, this is what it, this is what we're kind of used to having when when some of our kids are are kind of really. On the recruiting trail, and coaches want to come see them. So, yeah, it's a little bit different. But um, like I said, I think you know there's still probably going to be a lot of good good games and good stuff going around. But we're just not we don't have the big names like we're used to having right now in that area.
0: Oh, absolutely. Talking with Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, and very very spoiled we have been here in this area. I think back. Just from Clark and Floyd counties about the number of big players, and you highlighted even ones I didn't mention, but also the number of state championships out of this area, the number of teams that have went on to the state finals or made deep runs it has just been a renaissance, I think, time as we look back on kind of the New Albany and Floyd Central leading the way there for a few years uh, during the Romeo years, and then of course uh, Silver Creek came right in very strong with with their duo of uh, really trio of really good players, and so uh, you can't always have basketball at that level, but I'm telling you, uh, in those years that we did have that level. Uh, the the reputation of southern Indiana across the state really grew. And I think it's taken on some kind of fandom because people, you know, in Indianapolis and in northern Indiana now that saw the videos and with how social media is and highlight clips and all that sort of stuff, uh, they know what crowds can be like here uh, for big games, and it's just not this way all over the state. I've watched a lot of high school holiday tournament games here. And I know holiday tournaments can be different because people, you know, they're during the day and it played at different times, but the crowds aren't always good for some of these big ones and big games. So uh, we were really spoiled there for a number of years. Let's hope that there are some young players uh, in the, in the cooker that can come on up and, and maybe <laughs> continue uh, this uh, legacy here, but uh, definitely we're spoiled. And I think we both kind of did a good job of highlighting uh, some of the great uh, players and, and teams that we had here in recent years. Yeah, one thing
1: I'll add is that, you know, like you said, people in kind of northern Indiana, like you know, that's where I grew up in northern Indiana up in the region of Crown Point, kinda, you know, I, I when I was in high school, um, you know, all I all you hear about is kind of how, you know, awesome, you know, high school basketball is in Indiana. And um, you know where I where I'm from, like you know, there weren't a whole lot of huge crowds. There weren't all these big games, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, what's the big deal about high school basketball in Indiana? Like I, I mean, there were a couple sectional games that were pretty cool, and some fun moments that I was able to be a part of as a, a high school student. But it wasn't until I, you know, went to Bloomington, um, for for college, where you kind of started to learn about some of the schools in that area further south, where, you know, you got some of the really good schools in the Indianapolis area that are, that are you know, that had the Trace Jackson-Davises and those kind of players, and then, you know, as as I moved further down to Seymour, and I got more familiar with, you know, your guys' area, you know, with the Albany's and the Jeffs and Floyd's and the Providence, Silver Creek's, all those kind of schools, um, then I started to really realize, you know, what you know, all these videos that you see on social media, like you said, with the big crowds, um, you know, I got to experience some of that stuff, and it's been a lot of fun um, to kind of go through it, you know, I was in college when Romeo was in high school. So I got to see some of his big games and, you know, get to see the big gyms like Seymour and some of the other ones. And, you know, I got to go to like a Southport tip-off classic where it was like, you know, it had like Caleb first and Trey Coffin were both in it. Um, there were some big names. Cooper Jacoby was, in, was another one. There was a lot of big names in it. Um, the, the kid from uh, Jalen Washington, I think, from he was from my area up in, up in Gary. So he was there. So, there, you know, there was a lot of really fun moments that I got to experience once I got further south. Uh, in Indiana, to kind of experience these these really big high school you know basketball kind of environments and and games and and the, all these kids and all this stuff that everyone's really invested in, so it's been a lot of fun and you know one thing that that I'll say is that i've I've been able to to be a part of this year is, is with Jack Benner going to Purdue you know you know they're just in the midst of their conference you know it's it's smaller schools, but you know you know he he packs gyms like Scottsburg and Austin like when he comes to these um smaller schools it's been kind of cool to see you know. Uh, a two-way school, they, they were three last year, they moved on two. it's been kind of cool to see a school like Brownstown uh, with, with Jack Benner kind of fill out some of these arenas in their conference because, you know, people want to come see, you know, him play, and, you know, he's kind of a joy to watch sometimes when he gets going. So, uh, you know, that's been kind of cool for me to see it because it's just a little bit of a kind of like a small-town thing where, you know, you got and got this big deal. So that's been a lot of fun. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, hopefully in a couple years here we'll kind of get back to um, – some of the bigger crowds and bigger names that we're kind of used to seeing, but you know, it's definitely something that I didn't get, that I didn't really learn about. I didn't really understand the hype about Indiana high school basketball until I kind of moved further south into the state. So um, that's definitely been a, a cool revelation for me, and you know, hopefully we, we get some more momentum here in the next couple of years because so it's definitely a lot of fun and it definitely has a lot of the towns buzzing uh,
0: when, when that's the case. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. One more uh, non-current IU thing real quick. Romeo Langford last night, career-high 23 points. I think he is beginning to find his groove, getting some regular playing time, starting some, coming off the bench some, but getting minutes and uh, I know the Spurs, I I told somebody this last night at the New Albany-Centerville game, I got the league pass just to watch, you know, I I, I don't have a lot of time to watch NBA, but just to be able to have it, and and maybe to see Romeo and the Spurs play occasionally, boy, they're they're not good. They're not fun to watch, but it is fun to see Romeo when he is in there, as it would be, to see anybody with local connections to our area. But I do think he's kind of found a, a role there, at least, and I think if he can knock on wood, stay healthy this season, and continue the, this type of minutes, uh, I think this will help extend his NBA career. And a few months ago, there were people, I think, that thought this could be the end of his NBA career this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, Celtics fans, you know, when, when they drafted him as a lottery pick, um, what, 14, I think it was, in, the, in that draft, and then, you know, the couple years he spent in Boston, and they, you know, they just traded him away for basically nothing. Um, you know, a lot of Celtics people, you know, Celtics. obviously we know Celtics have a really kind of big fan base, you know, they, they, they kind of bring Romeo's name up as just a big bust, a no-name player. And, and it's been nice to see him kind of rejuvenate himself a little bit, um, staying healthy is obviously one of the biggest keys, you know, he dealt with a lot of injuries, um, you know, going back to when he was in Indiana, but even when he was first in the league, his first couple of years, he just couldn't stay healthy, couldn't really crack the rotation. And, you know, the Celtics have a really deep team. They got a really deep kind of wing position, you know, with, Adam and Brown so it's hard to kind of get a role there but um you know what he's been able to do so far in San Antonio you know we, we kind of talked about it a little bit a couple of weeks ago you know he got his first start. he's starting to play a little more and now you're starting to see him get more comfortable get a lot more minutes get a lot more run here and you know the score career high 23 points last night um he's still playing really good defense um you know he's, he's still you know if you kind of watch the clip of him and his, his baskets last night it's a lot of Catch and slash. He's slashing to the basket, so it's a lot of stuff that we saw him do at Indiana and and in high school. So, and then you know his his corner three shot. If he can consistently knock that down, you know you can be kind of a a three. You know, three and D is kind of a generic phrase, but if you can be a guy who can you know knock down corner threes, defend at the wing position, and kind of be a slasher and a cutter, you know that that that's a lot. That's a lot of really nice skills that NBA teams love to have guys do. Come off the bench, play roles, kind of a role player type. So. Um, you know, if he continues to do that, uh, I think he'll be. I think you're right. I think it could really extend his career, and he could play for a while. And um, you know, it's it, it's good that he's he's kind of found a, a spot in San Antonio where they're not necessarily trying to win. Uh, that's for sure. You know, they're obviously you know all the the big hype around Victor Romanyama and Scoot Henderson. Those kind of the two biggest guys coming out of the coming into the NBA next season. You know, the Spurs are definitely uh, want to be in the running for one of them. So they're they're obviously trying to lose games, but. You know, they got a lot of the co- cool young pieces, you know, Keldon Johnson, um, Devin Vassell. I think those are two, like, Florida State guys. So, um, you know, they got a lot of cool pieces. And I'm glad Romeo's kind of found a a little bit of a role there and he's been able to play a lot more and show what we can do, you know, because I think he he's definitely talented. He's got kind of the, the build. He's got the athleticism. He's got all that stuff that, you know, you need to play in the NBA. Um, so hopefully his career kind of lasts a little bit longer. So it's been a lot of fun to see him uh, do that and, you know, to put up a career high. 23 last night against the New York Knicks you know kind of a big team and um you know they got the win as well so one of their few wins so far this season but it's been fun to see him uh you know get
0: get some at least opportunity that's all that's all we were waiting for is the
1: opportunity for him
0: Dylan Wallace sports editor of the Seymour <coughs> Tribune excuse me there Dylan uh let's get into IU basketball is this break good for Indiana oh based on uh some of their struggles here against Kansas and Arizona specifically
1: I think it's really good. I think it was much needed, um, especially you know, e- even the Elon and Kennesaw State games after uh, the Kansas game were, you know, I mean, Indiana won them both by double digits, but still, you know, you, you just kind of felt the fan base was growing a little, um, frustrated, agitated, you know, by maybe the way the defense was defending the three-point line, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, they didn't have Trey Jackson Davis or Xavier Johnson, obviously, for those two games. But I think just this break here, uh, it's just really nice for everybody to just kind of, you know, regroup, re-cleanse, kind of refresh a little bit, um, and you know, not that Indiana cares at all about what how the fans are feeling, but you know, it's just it's great. it's best for their team just to get healthy, especially Trace Jackson Davis. Um, we know X is going to be a little bit on a, the longer recovery side. No idea if he'll be able to come back this season, but you know, for Trace to kind of get healthy and have this much time off, um, I think it's good, and and especially and also for a guy like Jalen Huchefino, you know, to come back and play, you know, came back from Kansas, he played the next two games after that. For him to kind of get into a rhythm of playing again, but then be able to have this break to kind of rest up, even get more healthier, um, I think it's a good thing overall for everybody. And, you know, especially just for them to just kind of reset and say, hey, you know what? We went 2-2 two and two in those big four non-conference games. And I think if you told anybody going into the season, if Indiana goes 2-2, two and two, would you feel good? Everyone would say yes. But I think everybody doesn't feel good just because of how those two losses went down, how they played, how um, uncompetitive, maybe, especially in the Kansas game—that that was kind of the big outlier. Um, you know, th- I think that's how, that's got everybody just left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. So, um, you know, now you got to regroup, refresh for a, a gauntlet of a Big Ten slate coming up. You start with two tough road games. Um, well, no, you start with at Iowa, so that's going to be a. A tough one, but you know, you look at what Iowa. Ha- I mean, they lost to what was it, Eastern Illinois, and then they just got thrashed last night by uh, Nebraska. You know, on the road, so you know they're you know it's definitely a winnable game. So you know, you just got to hope that Indiana can can get things started to go because you know you're one and one in the Big Ten. You're you're right there. Uh, you got to get off to a good start here though in January. You don't want to you don't you know this is the this is a program that we've seen uh, you know have too many struggles mainly in February, but. Uh, you know this, this is a big this is a big moment for this team and I think this break is a good thing just for them to kind of you know refresh get healthier especially for Trace Jackson Davis get him more healthy I think he'll probably play at Iowa uh, I think you know I, I think the precautionary thing was was the right move just to make sure he didn't get further banged up against those two kind of cupcake teams so um, you know this is this is a big stretch coming up for this team and um, I'm curious to see how they how they step up and how they respond you know they They've struggled already on the road this season. Um, you know they've only won at Xavier, and you know Iowa is a place where they haven't played great as of late either. So this is a big game coming up in, in you know six days here. So uh, I think it's a a good thing, and, and hopefully it pays off. Hopefully they come out ready to play on next Thursday because you know slow starts have been the issue uh, for this team for uh, multiple games already this season, and you cannot have that in Big Ten to play, especially on the road.
0: Is it a reasonable schedule Uh, when January 5th that Iowa game gets here, Iowa and then Northwestern and Penn State? I know Wisconsin will be a big one at home, followed by Illinois, but I don't even know if there is such a thing as a reasonable stretch in Big Ten play because road games are so tough, and the conference I think is going to be really tough from top to middle part maybe, even just beyond the middle part perhaps. Uh, But is is that an okay slate? Is that a favorable slate for Indiana to open up conference play? I'm not
1: sure. I'm not even sure. I think Northwestern is great that you have that. You know, you, you have the home game right after Iowa, but then even going to Penn State right after that is uh, is not an easy game by any stretch of the imagination, you know. Penn State, uh, they've beaten Illinois uh, already in Big Ten play. Um, you know, they've beaten, uh, I don't know, they they lost to Michigan State. so I mean, this conference has been really weird and wacky. You know, last night Michigan lost at home to Central Michigan, so... Um, you know, aside from Purdue, all these Big Ten teams kind of looked a little spotty here and there. So, you know, I, you know, for one thing, it's definitely wide open right now. It's for anyone to go take it. Um, and Indiana, they definitely have the talent to, to, but they just have to get off to a good start. You know, they have to go. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't think the Iowa game is a must win, but you sure don't want to lose it. You don't want to lose it in a way that you've lost kind of the other road games in the Big Ten so far. So. Um, you know, I, I, I think I think the way it starts is is probably okay. You know, it, it's nice that you have Wisconsin at home. You know, it's nice that you have Northwestern really early on to get a win. But yeah, just those at Iowa's and at Penn State, then you're at Illinois. You host Michigan. Like it, all these games, I just feel like are just toss ups. It, it doesn't, you know, this, this Big Ten is is maybe maybe down in terms of like national, you know, how you view them in terms of like the national talent. But you know, in in the within the conference itself. You know, any team can beat anybody on anybody night, and that's you know, it's it sounds cliche, but I mean, really, it's true in the Big Ten. You know, you can you can really show up to any road environment and and get get beat. Um, and you you know if you and when you welcome teams in December, all you better be ready to go because you know we've seen Indiana struggle at home in in the conference the last couple of seasons. So you know, this is this, I, I I do think you know we obviously you know when the first when the schedule first came out, we talked about kind of that back half stretch in late February to early March, that's really difficult. So, you know, if you're thinking about that, then yeah, this January, you know, your schedule in January is pretty important, and um, you know, it's nice you have some of the big games at home, like Wisconsin and Michigan State, Ohio State, you got them at home, too, so um, you know, some of those good teams are nice to have at home, but there's there's some tough road games in there. I, I think every road game Indiana has, the rest of the way is pretty tough, except for maybe at Minnesota. Other than that, you know, I think and then maybe at Northwestern, but you know, other than that you know the, every road game they play the, for the rest of the way is going to be a tough one to to go win so um you know hopefully this team uh, can can really can really put things together here and and show that they are different than the last couple of years because that's what we all hope they would be um and you know they've they've had they've played a tougher schedule than the last couple of years teams which has been nice to see you know they had a nice win at Xavier they they had a really good win against North Carolina who by the way is starting to pick things up so that's good it looks looks better win for indiana but um, you know, I think just the way they've lost for the Kansas game, especially, and the, the game, and the Rutgers game, the way they've lost those three games um, really has fans a little bit concerned about this team right now, which is fair. But um, I do think the Big Ten is is not as strong as it has been, but it's still going to be a grind every single night. It's still going to be really tough to win games, especially on the road. But this team, if they can start to, if they can turn things around defensively, um, especially on that side of the ball, then I think there's a chance they can really they can potentially make a run here in the conference, and you know it, it won't take much. You know, if you if you won't take you don't have to go like you know 18 and two to to win the Big Ten. You know, you you can you can have some hits and bumps here and, and still be in in the, in the in the running for for a Big Ten title. So I'm excited to see what they can do, and I'm 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 nervous. I think that Iowa game is going to be a, a nightmare, especially after watching what, especially watching how bad Iowa has been. It just makes sense for anyone to go lose there in in, a, in six days. So just you know, you know what I mean. So hopefully it's not the case though. But uh, you know, Iowa just got Chris Murray back and and uh, one of the McCaffrey dudes. So you know that that's good for them, I guess. So yeah, it's going to be tough. But um, yeah, I, I think I think if I'm you know, If you're picking the easier stretch of the Big Ten slate, it's probably this first half as opposed to the back half because we know how tough that gets toward the late February early March.
0: All right, Dylan, I want to bring up Anthony Leal for some NIL stuff here in just a moment, but let me put that on pause for just a second because Texter says, uh, this is we haven't talked about this, but this is an interesting point, might Purdue be sent to Louisville for the NCAA tournament? I had forgotten Louisville is hosting mm. yeah. uh, in the NCAA tournament this year, the Yum Center, in fact. Uh, I don't know. I think it's probably a little early to start thinking in that direction. But uh, as the number one team in the country, I think it's definitely possible, right? Yeah, if they're
1: that high up, if they're a one seed or a two seed, they'll most likely get placed the closest to, which is, I think, Louisville. Um, I think the other closer one is, like, somewhere in Iowa. But, yeah, it's not – I know Indianapolis doesn't have one this year. And then I think maybe Chicago has like a, a Elite Eight, Sweet Sixteen weekends, but not but not the opening round. So yeah, if Purdue uh, manages to finish, you know, as as high as they are right now, I I don't think they'll stay number one once Big Ten play starts. But you know, if they manage to be a top seed, uh, they'll most likely be be put into um, the Louisville area just because you know they usually like to put those you know one seeds. They usually to put them as close to kind of their home as possible. So yeah, I think that's the, the closest spot for them. So. You know that's where I hope Indiana ends up. That'd be nice to kind of you know have a short drive to go see them in the tournament. But um, you know they they got they got some work to do to to get uh, that that kind of um, whatever you want to call it sort of recognition from the committee to be like, hey, we should put them closer to home because obviously last year they were all the way out on the west coast. So uh, hopefully hopefully you know they have a chance to be uh, closer as well, so fans can go travel to that game. But yeah. Uh, Purdue definitely has a chance to be there, but we'll see how Purdue Purdue does when uh, things get a little bit tougher for them coming up here, too. All
0: right, Anthony Lill. We've only had, I think, one show since Christmas when he – Uh, announced in a video with his family that he was paying off his sister's uh, student loan debt with his NIL income. That's pretty cool, and obviously I think a great publicity stunt for him. Then a few days later, we get this video from Anthony Leal at uh, All Dressed Up, Nice and Spiffy, right there on the playing floor at Assembly Hall that he's going to become a real estate agent. He gives out a telephone number and names the company that he's working with. Uh, is it possible for him to be a student athlete and uh, also, uh, I, I guess, is he actually going to sell real estate? Is he going to just market for the company? He clearly is is using uh, as a bench player. He clearly is using his Indiana and Bloomington connections to uh, to make some money, and I applaud him for this. But it's just interesting to see uh, how how this is all playing out.
1: Yeah, it's great for him, and and you know, you know, great for him using his resources um being a local kid that everybody kind of loves everybody kind of loves Anthony Leo um whenever he kind of checks into a a game late you know there's a big ovation for him um you know you you hear about everyone talks about just how great of a teammate he is and, and I think it's pretty evident you know when you watch him and on the bench kind of how he how he acts and all that kind of stuff so you know he's he's been really awesome and you know it's 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 interesting because you know it, it makes you wonder about some of the, the local kind of players that, that elect to kind of stay, you know, at home to go to school, you know, because you think about, you know, the NIL money that Indiana players probably get, you know, you probably expect Trey Jackson Davis makes the most. Then you probably go, you know, race Thompson maybe. But then after that, you know, maybe there's a hood, you just because of kind of the the big, you know, opportunities that he probably has. But then after that, you know, you've got to put Anthony Leal probably up there, maybe top five, because just because of the connections he has to this town, and to the city, and, and and all the stuff that he's able to do, um, you know, and that and that's pretty cool for him because you know usually you just expect the best players to make the most, but it's really kind of you know a little bit different here in Bloomington, especially with a guy like Anthony Leal who's from the area. So um, credit to him who's who's able to make the most out of it, um, and and I think you know that was also obviously went viral for him on Christmas paying off his sister's student loans, and um, you know I you know he made a great point that you know people are kind of negative about NIL. And, and I, th- and I think, to an extent, I think some people who are negative about it are, are are more worried about just the way it's being kind of the rules about it right now because it is it is kind of um, a little bit you know there's not a whole lot of regulations and guidelines to it at the moment and I think when that when some of that stuff gets straightened out people might come around to it a little bit more but it's just kind of like a free for right now which is why I think some people are a little hesitant on it some are just against it all completely. And that's kind of whatever, but I think, you know, for him to do that is a really cool example of it. And, you know, it was cool and viral, but, um, you know, you, you probably won't see that a whole lot. Um, you know, I think he's, he's one of the rare guys who, who kind of use that for, for stuff like that. But yeah, it's definitely been interesting for him. And, yeah, it was his whole um, real estate, which was a great kind of pun on words there for him. Um, yeah, it's interesting, you know, he kind of ripped off the candy shites with the suit on, and I'm curious to see, you know, what, what's he able to do with that. You know, obviously he's in Kelly, so he's got um, kind of that background, and, you know, I'm, I'm curious. Obviously, you know, when you're a student, you get a bunch of opportunities, you know, when you're not an athlete, you, you do internships, you do stuff like this, you do, you do certain jobs while you're still in school, but, you know, for him to be doing so much in addition to kind of being, um, you know, on Indiana's team. It, it's really interesting. And, I'm, I'm you know, I, I don't know how many other players um, really, really have opportunities like this at schools. And I think it's one of the cool things about Indiana is you have a guy like Anthony Leal, and he's been able to make the most of a lot of different things. You know, he's been kind of one of the the main players who's, who's had to, been able to take advantage of the NIL movement so far. So, uh, it's been cool for him. And, um, yeah, it's been really interesting to kind of just follow how it's how it's played out for him and you know, I, I don't know kind of what the, the real estate thing is that he's going to be doing. Like you said, is it just going to be him kind of being kind of the marketing guy for them? You know, kind of like NIL stuff that we see. Or is he actually going to be able to sell real estate and, and kind of do like a full-time job while also being a full-time, you know, D1 athlete? So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. But um, I think he's a pretty smart kid, and I think he's he's got it all figured out. So, uh, it's been fun to see him make the most of his opportunities. and. You know, hopefully, hopefully um, you know this this shows that you know guys who get the opportunities in Bloomington are have a little bit more kind of their heads on straight and, and, and are doing good things around the community. And you know, hopefully, he's hopefully he's a great example for kind of what you know we we continue to see in Bloomington in terms of what guys can do with NIL.
0: Absolutely. And as we close out today, Dylan, college football playoffs, the semifinal games. Give me your your thoughts and your predictions there quickly. I would
1: love an Ohio State Michigan National Title game. I think it'd be fun to see. Um I just don't know if anyone's as good as Georgia. I don't know if any of this is going to matter, but I'd love to see it be Ohio State and at Michigan. I think the way it's set up gives us the best chance. Like if there's anyone's going to upset Georgia, it might be an Ohio State team that has been told for, you know, a month and a half that, you know, they they aren't as good as they thought they were. They shouldn't be in it. Maybe they got a chip on their shoulders. Maybe Ohio State's got a chip on their shoulders, weird as it sounds, you know, for Ohio State. But I'd love to see it. Um, I think Michigan's going to beat TCU. I hope Ohio State beats Georgia when we get Ohio State-Michigan rematch. Um, but I-, I think in the end, um, Georgia might just cruise to another national title and it might not matter. But we'll see. Um, I'm hoping for some fun games tomorrow. That's all I want. You know, I feel like too many times these these uh, these CFP, you know, kind of semifinal games are always kind of blowouts and not as exciting as we want them to be. I'm just hoping for a couple of good games, and I'd love to see a Michigan-OSU final.
0: Yeah, right there with you. Dylan Wallace with us to wrap up the year here on the program. Dylan, thank you so much. Yes, sir, and have a happy new year, guys. You as well. Happy new year to all of our listeners. We'll be back next week. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.